the blast from our past network. All right. This is your way home. We go back? Hmm. Back? Yeah. I thought you weren't insane anymore. What are they saying? He wants to go back from where they came. Citadel. What's there to find at the Citadel? Green. And water. There's a ridiculous amount of clear water. And a lot of crops. It's got everything you need. As long as you're not afraid of heights. Where does the water come from? He pumps it up from deep in the earth. Calls it Aquacola and claims it all for himself. And because he owns it, he owns all of us. I don't like him already. It'll take two weeks to skirt the wall of mountains. No. I suggest we go back the same way we came. Through the canyon. It's open, we know that, right? He brought all his war parties through. So we take the war rig and we charge it right through the middle of them. We can decouple the tanker at the pass. Shut it off behind us. Kabul! <laughs> <laughs> and how exactly do we take the Citadel? Talking Back. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back. This is the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. Uh, sometimes they're not achievements. I've noticed. Right. We, sometimes. Sometimes we use the term achievement lightly. Yeah. I think you came up with achievement just for those cases where it wasn't like maybe the greatest thing ever, but now we're dipping way low on some of these. Yeah. Like, I guess maybe we didn't know we'd go three years on this podcast. Yeah. We yeah. thought we'd only cover achievements. And then something like the saga of the Viking women. Right. And their journey to the great seas of the sea, great waters of the sea serpent. That right. po that pops up. Yeah. And then you start to question what exactly is an achievement? Yes. I mean, they made it. I I can't I can't make a film. So they achieved more than I yeah. could do. So maybe it maybe Tim, it is an achievement? I don't know. It is it's for sure a movie. So that's that's an achievement. Maybe everything's an achievement. Maybe if you if you make it, that that's an achievement. That's Great. the glass half full. Yeah. Outlook. There you go. And yeah. I'm okay Which is with us. that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's we are, us. <laughs> we are a glass half full podcast. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's half full of whiskey. Yes. Sometimes it's half full of beer. Yeah. But it's Just half depending. full. Depends our mood. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of movies that might not be an achievement... That has nothing to do with this episode. No, this nothing. The, I don't even know why the, you're bringing it up. <laughs> I don't know. I was just re I was going over that intro for the I don't know two hundred and thirtieth time. Yeah, and I was wow. thinking to myself, it's not always an achievement. It seems like <laughs> it's not always so I thought, an just thought I'd bring it up. Yeah, thank but you. We yeah. we talked we talked through it, and they are all achievements. Yeah, so we that's got it. We figured water it out. under the bridge. Now Good. this. This is clearly an achievement, one of the great achievements in human civilization's history. This is up there it, with it, the pyramids and landing on the moon and Superman 
coming to uh, Earth. Yeah, yeah. Tim, um, you might be being hyperbolic right now, but I totally agree. <laughs> I think it is up there. I'm not. I think it is up there with all those things. <laughs> I'm not. It's incredible. I'm being. I'm on the level, dude. It's incredible that you can revisit a franchise so many years later and make the best one by oh, far. Man. Like absolutely, absolutely crush. Just do everything you ever wanted to do and make it perfect just 30 years later. It's incredible. incredible. 40 years later. I don't know. 30. So, so 30, 30 years later. 30, incredible. 35. Um, yeah. Well, here's an interesting thing. It's, it's, kinda, it's kind of fun for what? Do we say what we're doing? Mad Max Fury Road. Okay, good. I, I don't know. Like I often say what we're doing, and I feel like it doesn't matter because right. it's in the title. Who doesn't read what the episode of the podcast you're listening to is? We've had that discussion as well. Yeah, they might be out there, but well, Tim, my point to that was, what if you're like cutting the grass and one finishes and the next talking back just plays? You might want to. You might not want to pull out your phone and look at what the episode is. Sure. Okay. For all you uh, grass cutters out there. Who yes. were listening to something else before yeah. this. We're doing Mad Max Fury Road. And here's why. Yes. Because it's summertime, mm-hmm. which means it's time to cover a Mad Max film. This is our fourth consecutive year doing a Mad Max film in the summer. It's been a, a lovely tradition. And Dean, a fifth movie in the series is supposed to be coming out next year. So we can probably make it five in a row. You know what, Tim? I forgot about that. I totally forgot about that, and now I'm super jacked, because that is going to be awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, did someone say action? (laughs) I think I did, yeah. I think I said it. Was that you? It was me, I think. Who said action? Because this movie's fucking jam-packed with action. Jam-packed. You know what? You know what I think about this movie? What's that? With all the action... And how breathtaking it is. I think a really good story gets overshadowed. Oh, for sure. I love this story. The story is, it, it's actually just so impressive. It's one of the things that I'm like halfway through the movie. I'm like, how am I so into the story when it's all action? Yeah. <laughs> how am I so into what's going on and care so much about everything that's happening when it's all action? How's he fitting it's in perfect. these moments to like... Make this really good story, really good character story. He's a mad he, genius. He's yeah, totally. He somehow creates like these dynamic character arcs yeah. within this race across the desert. He's it's like here's thirty seconds. Make us care about your characters. Yeah, and he does. He does it in the weirdest ways, in ways that we don't even understand, but we love it. I was like, what's crawling down my leg? Uh, was it sweat? It's just sweat. <laughs> because it's <laughs> like 37 degrees in the studio right now. Yeah, you're glistening. Under 10 minutes in, Tim, you're glistening. Uh, it's so hot in here. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, the podcast studio is on the, on the third floor. Yeah. Okay, it's um, 30, it's plus 32 out. Hot air rises. Yeah. It's probably That's Celsius. That's Celsius, Celsius. Yeah, uh, it's probably plus thirty six or thirty seven in the studio right now. Yeah, it's hot. It's a hot one. I love it. It's the only way to cover Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, 
I'll let you know if anything behind you bursts into flames, Tim. Water. Water. (laughs) Great. Morton Joe, please, just a drop. And boy, does he only spare a drop. (laughs) This guy only spares a drop. Stingy fuck that guy. He's sitting on so much water. Getting back to uh, caring about characters in a movie. Yes, yes. I think that's the difference between a good action movie and a great action movie is being able to work your story in so we care about the characters. A couple quick examples here. Die Hard and Aliens, two of the best action movies there are. And it's great character writing because we care about those main characters. We're deeply invested in what they're doing and we're on their side. You take the flip side of that a movie like Commando, really fun action movie, great movie. I don't give two shits what happens to any character in that movie. There is no substance to the writing. It's just the action sequences. So that's, that's the fine line that I think you're walking between good and great. And this one was truly great. That is a great point, Tim. Those are great movies to pick because Commando, we like it. It's so fun. Um, but Die Hard, Aliens, Mad Max Fury Road, all on my top 100 movies. You're not going to find Commando on my top 100 movies for that reason. It's just like, it's just not as great as those others because we don't care about the characters. Uh, yeah. Perfect example. Cool. I thought I'd get my good point in before I pass out. So cool. Yeah. I can, I can take over if you just fall over. Yeah. Fury Road was nominated at the Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Visual Effects, and Best Cinematography. But it wins for Best Film Editing, Best Production Design, Best Costume Design, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Sound Editing. It was the big winner that year which wow. is bananas for an action movie. It's bananas. It's and amazing. I agree with all of it, except the part yeah, where best picture, best director, best visual effects, and best cinematography lost. That's the yeah. only beef I have. Yeah, I think it loses... Um, I think it loses uh, effects because I think the winner of effects is Ex Machina. And I think people were just like, oh, huge budget versus very small budget. Let's like, oh, we're very impressed by very small budget movie. Let's give that the win. Well, I mean, okay. I would agree with that because there aren't actually a lot of effects in this movie. It's all like realistic. I mean, they should have made a new category for like best realistic stunts in a movie because this movie is just jam packed with realistic scenes. I think 95% of the car stuff is real. I think I think, so, I think yeah. maybe there's a couple things with the car stuff that is CG, and then the only other CG you get in this movie is like when they go into the dust storm uh, yeah. and, and that type of stuff. But everything with the cars and the actors, that's all real. So it's all real. They, there wasn't yeah. actually a lot of effects in the movie. So I guess I'm okay with that not winning. And Ex Machina looks incredible. Oh, I know. Like it's it's a worthy win for sure, and it's amazing what they did on a small a small budget, but. Um, like this movie is just like the best looking movie ever. What's her name? Ava? Is that Ava? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, Ava. Yeah. yeah what, a, what a gorgeous cyborg. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> she yeah, that's that's the point, Tim, to trick you. Yeah, well, consider me tricked. It worked. Yeah, <laughs> it worked. Fine. I would also help her it wouldn't escape. Have, it wouldn't have taken seven or eight <laughs> sessions or whatever for me to right. help her escape. You're like, you need like, out of here right yeah. now. Let's oh, go. you're into me? Yeah, okay. Let's. Yeah. I'm into you, too. Let's go. You know, I've got, I'll get the key. Yeah. I'll get you out. We're leaving. <laughs> All right, here's the synopsis. In a post-apocalyptic wasteland... A woman rebels against a tyrannical ruler in search for her homeland with the aid of a group of female prisoners, a psychotic worshiper, and a drifter named Max. Nice. Yep, good. That's good. No, no problem there. Now released in 2015 with a budget of roughly $180 million, this film grosses four fifteen. So it makes money, but damn, that is a huge budget. Yeah, very big budget. Um, and I kind of, I kind of expect it to make more than four hundred. Like it's just so great; it was such a big spectacle. I think a lot of people were going out to watch it, but I don't know. Maybe being like, maybe being like the fourth in a series that hasn't been around for a long time. Maybe some people didn't go because that. I don't know. I, I feel like it should have made a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's, that's a lot. I think that's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. But like you said, 160, like they're expecting this to to take off. But I guess it does. 400 is good. I, Tim, I just I just looked up the other day, The Meg, and it made 500 million. And oh this movie goodness. deserves to make more than The Meg. Yeah, it deserves to make more. But people love shark yeah. movies. I know. Like I was there. I went to the theater for The Meg. <laughs> Are you going to go to The Meg 2? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah. The Meg wasn't good, Tim, and I'm still going to the Meg too. So, <laughs> sharks just get me. The sharks get me. Yeah. Now, the Mad Max franchise is George Miller's baby. He was very hands-on with Fury Road. He was a producer. He directed, and he helped write the story. Cool. And this was definitely a passion project for Miller because it was a long time in the making. Back in 1987, which is two years after the third movie, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, George Miller had the idea of making a Mad Max movie that was one continuous chase. Hmm. In 1998, he came up with the idea for the plot and worked with storyboard artists to storyboard the entire film, roughly 3,500 panels, before writing the screenplay. In 1998? Yes. Wow. Okay. So we've talked about this before on Batman Ninja. The visuals first mentality yeah. is a great way to go. Just get what your movie's going to look like down and then figure out what people are talking about. Yeah, for sure. After 9-11, Miller tried to get the film made, but things fell through. And then by the time Miller was ready to give it a shot again in the late 2000s, both Miller and Mel Gibson, who he still wanted, they both thought that Mel was too old to play the role. Okay. So Gibson was out. Tom Hardy is selected. And the movie is filmed in 2012, 35 years after Miller conceived of it. Crazy. Yeah. I love it. That's wild. What a time. What a timeline. 35. Tim. Yes. I'm just a year over 35 it's my entire lifetime he's been making this movie 
So your movie's com- your movie's coming out soon, then, right? My movie's soon. My movie's soon. I didn't really have the 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 brain wasn't firing at one years old yet. So like, I need <laughs> get me to three. I have a couple years here, okay. and then the brain was firing. So the movie's coming coming out shortly. Perfect. Oh, past achievements in film. Dean's <laughs> Dean's movie. My movie. There's a there's an achievement. Ooh. Uh, music was by Dutch composer Tom Holkenborg, or JXL. He also goes by. He yeah. scored Deadpool. He helped Hans Zimmer on Batman v Superman. He did mm. Sonic 1 and Sonic 2, the movies. He did Justice League. He did Godzilla vs. Kong. And he will be doing Furiosa. Okay, JXL. All right. D- I didn't oh. know. Junkie XL. Yeah, that's Junkie XL. Yeah, it's another oh. name he goes by. Okay, cool, cool. Cinematography by John Seal. And he came out of retirement to take this job. Oh, cool. Bringing in the big guns. All right, let's get to the story. We, cool. start, we start out with Mad Max Rokitansky, giving us a brief history of the world as it now exists. It's a classic post-apocalyptic wasteland where water and gasoline rule. Max is quickly captured, which was surprising. For sure. That was not on my radar no i'll i'll tell you one thing when i first saw this movie i saw it this is a mistake but the first time i saw it was in the drive-in theater oh yeah and it was still it's still kind of light when it starts yeah so the movie starts and i don't even think that's tom hardy because this guy's got captured and i'm like i know tom hardy plays max so this isn't him this isn't him i'll i'll be on the lookout for tom hardy it was yeah it's a very shocking start yeah definitely I mean, he doesn't even look like Tom Hardy. He looks like Mel Gibson would look if this was 10 years past uh, Thunderdome and he hasn't had a haircut or a shave. Yeah, for sure. I really liked that look. I almost wish that they kept him looking that way. I thought it was a real, real good look. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be into that. Unfortunately, the guys that capture him give him a haircut and they were also tattooing and branding him, which I thought yeah, was shit. wild. Yeah. Uh, these guys are the war boys, they're called. Now, these guys reminded me of the vampires in Blade 2. They're all bald yeah. and they have pale white skin. Yeah, totally. Totally reminded me of that. Yeah, definitely. And they kind of like hunch over. Yeah. Too, which yeah. like I think some of those vampires do as well. Like, or the, yeah, yeah. The like next breed or whatever that's in Blade 2. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as Max is trying to escape, we're seeing some really cool, quick cuts with the camera. Now, the movie averages 22.5 cuts per minute, which is extremely high. Wow. Okay, yeah. You're looking at your ceiling. I'm doing math. I do math on the ceiling. (laughs) Okay. What kind of math are you trying to do? How many were in the movie? No, how many per second? So that's like... Like you cut every like three seconds, basically. Uh, yeah, just twenty two a minute. Yeah, a little quicker. Yeah, yeah, a little quicker. Wow. Now they also play with the um, frame speed. Yeah, a good chunk of the movie is either being sped up or slowed down. It's not your typical like twenty four frames a second. It's either faster or slower, um, just for the effect. Miller. Yeah. If it was going too slow, you wouldn't understand what's happening, so he'd speed it up. And vice versa. If it was going too fast and you couldn't understand it, he'd slow it down. Okay, cool. So Max's escape effort is a valiant one, but he can't 
get away. Just about, but not quite. Then we see Furiosa, played by Charlize Theron. Uh, she looks awesome in this movie. She looks awesome. Like, like Char- Charlize Theron is like one of the top action stars now. Like, it, it just in the late 2010s and now in the 2020s, she's one of the best action stars. And uh, she looks the part in this movie. And she, yeah, she rules in this movie. Yeah, I love that she like paints the top of her head black. I don't. Awesome. There's no reason to do that. That's just the style no. that they have. It looks so cool. I love that. Like later when it comes off she puts it back yeah. on like she just like she's like i gotta have this this is my thing i yeah, love it it's cool we also meet a morton joe played by hugh keys burn now this was a nice callback because this is toe cutter from mad max the first movie yeah i think we mo- love most people know about that but what a great idea just to bring that guy oh, back yeah. he does a great job he yeah. looks to be in pretty rough shape though as we kind of see him with his shirt off yeah, you know, it's not it's not the type of body you'd want to give a massage to, I'd say, or yeah, like rub no. down with sunscreen. Yeah, someone was putting like uh, powder on it. Someone was like blowing powder on it, um, which seems uh, maybe the most you want to do with that. Yeah, that's about as close as you want to get. <laughs> close as you want to get. But he puts his armor on, and damn, does he look cool? He looks good. He looks like a fucking demon from hell. Hell yeah. Like he stands out among the other people. He yeah. purpose he purposefully looks out of place like some sort of creature of the night who's leading this brigade. And I thought it was a great touch to have him as kind of like the only person who looks this way. Yeah, again, Tim, a really great point. I didn't even really think about that because everyone kind of looks really wild. They like to uh, style up all the characters, but he is like nothing else. He is like no other character there. And you need to know that everything that's happening is because of him and everyone's following him and he's making all the decisions and making him look like this. You just get it. You just get that this guy's in charge. This guy's the leader. What he says, everyone he follows. Um, that's why they believe all these wild ideas because he's come up with them and you know that they would follow him. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I love that take that it was uh, because of how he looks so different than everyone. Yeah. Uh, his organization that he's running, way bigger than anything we've seen before in Mad Max. Like, For sure. This yeah. is a mega power. Yeah. Uh, he's got like thousands of people worshiping him. He's got hundreds of men fighting for him. He's got yeah. a shitload of water. He's got indoor crops. He has many wives. He is very powerful. Yeah, for sure. So Furiosa, who works for him, she's like one of his top guys. She sets out with some of the war boys to steal Guzzoline from Gastown. Yeah. She decides not to go to Gastown, though, which I think would have been a lot of fun. Uh, Going to Gastown? Watching her with like the couple cars of war boys. And that the war rig that she's in actually going to gas town and stealing gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been fun, but maybe we'll save that for another time. She turns yeah. off. She goes off the main road in a different direction. Problem for her is that a Morton Joe has a telescope and he can see exactly what she's doing. <laughs> he sees that she's so, not going to gas town. Yeah. As soon as she makes a left, you know, yeah. Uh, what's going on? Yeah. He's got an idea. What's his idea? Like he's got an idea what's going on because he oh, goes to yeah he's got an he idea. goes to look into it yeah he's like yeah. well she's not listening to orders anymore she's a traitor she's a damn traitor 
Yeah. And hey, where are my wives? Where are all my wives? <laughs> Let's talk this over with my wives. And my wives are missing. <laughs> yeah. uh, Furiosa has taken Joe's wives. Yep. His, Great. his favorite to breed with. That's, y- uh, yeah. That, he shouldn't be breeding. No. This guy, if there's a guy who shouldn't be breeding, it's probably him. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, definitely. He, it, it does not look like a good situation over there. No. For those wives. No. Well, uh, he sends the war boys after her. One of the boys, Nux, played by Nicholas Holt, who does a tremendous job. Mm-hmm. He's recently received blood from Max, and Max's blood has him feeling jacked up. Yeah, he's I feeling love better. that. Yep. That's a great move. I love, yeah, I love that he, they like get sick and like these, these war boys like get sick. And so it's like, oh, well, that new person we just brought in, that'll be well, your blood bag. They call him the blood bag. And he yeah. just calls Max my blood bag. You know, it's, it's, it's so, it's so great. It's such a wild, you know, just like wild idea to him. It's just, yeah, this guy's providing me blood and I'm going to have more energy. Great. Yeah. So they don't really get into it in the story. They might get into it with supplementary material. Um, I did notice there's a four-issue comic book arc, which I picked up uh, after watching this movie because I was so excited about it. There's also a video game. I don't think I'll be playing it, so maybe they get into some of this. But I believe what's happening is with like the radiation in the world, um, if you're kind of if you're born, you're going to have some sort of issues, and that's what's going on with Nux, at least, and some some of the other war boys as well, I think they may have been potentially birthed into this world and they get sick and they get yeah. um, cancer, they get uh, other issues and they end up dying really young. I think what Amorton Joe's trying to do is breed with these wives and he's hoping to eventually like breed a healthy baby, uh, figure yeah. out a way to get that done. Uh, I think that's what's going on uh, wh- while they don't really tell us exactly. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's kind of like, a, in a way, like a respectable thing that Joe's trying to do. He's like, he's trying to breed like healthy people again. Yeah. He's For his not, own. Yeah, he's just not going about it the right way. Yeah. So when Nux heads out uh, after Furiosa... Nux brings Max with him, and he's got a IV, a continuous IV going. Yeah, <laughs> this is like his power supply. Yeah, his his like buddy is like, no, you can't go. You're uh, you're 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 sitting here getting blood transfusion, and he's like, I'll bring my blood bag. Bring him with. I'll bring, bring him with bag. us. Bring Stra- bag with us. Strap him to the front of the car. Strap him to the front. He's a hood ornament. Yeah, he <laughs> is. Great. Oh man, and that mask, that face mask that they've got on oh. that. Yeah. So he can't what? So he can't eat? He can still talk. But bite? I don't bite? know. Yeah, I yeah. guess bite. You can't bite anybody. Yeah. Now, a Morton Joe decides to roll out as well with his men. And when he does, what a sight to behold. Him and his armada of cars heading yeah. out is unbelievable. Yeah. It's probably 30 vehicles strong. Uh, I read that they built 150 custom cars for the movie. They all ran and they all looked amazing. Some of them were built 10 years before the movie, 
back when wow. Miller was doing pre pre production for the first time, he built a bunch of cars and he just kept them in storage until this movie was ready to go. But a um, couple of things I like here at this point. The visual of Max tied to the front of Nux's car is incredible. It's Amazing. so powerful as they're just rushing headfirst into the desert and Max is just hanging off the front. Anything yeah. that comes his way, he's going to just get smashed by. Yeah. The other thing I really like is that a Morton Joe is out with the team. Mm, yeah, he's okay. not just some like, you know, boss barking out orders who sits back uh, and, and is pampered in his castle. He's out there yeah. leading the charge. You know, some of the war boys went first, but now with his armada, he's out in the front with them and he's commanding them and he's being their leader and he's doing it himself. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Now, a wild action sequence where Furiosa and her men are attacked by a different group altogether. They're just, you know, yeah. that's what happens in the wasteland is anybody can attack you at any time. Yeah. And this group of people, they're driving around in little Volkswagens and they're covered in spikes. These cars look amazing. Incredible. There's no spot on them that doesn't have a spike. Yeah. Incredible. Love it. So Furiosa has a couple of cars uh, with war boys and they're following her orders because they think that she turned left because that was the orders she was given. They don't know yet right, that yeah. she's like going rogue. So they're still listening to her. They're still following orders. And I love that. I love that. Like, you know, there's no cell phones in this world. You don't have walkie talkies. If you want to communicate yeah. with someone who's in a car driving ahead of you, you have to climb out of your car, get driven up to their car, climb onto their car and then come up to the window and ask what the fuck is going on, which is what this guy <laughs> so does. Great. He's like, why are yeah. we turning left? What's going on? I, I love that realism of these people communicating on these cars. So great. You could just make it so much easier to do if you wanted to film it. Like, obviously, that's so hard to film. You had to get someone to go climb off a car, go on, climb onto that car. It's so awesome. It makes it so much better. And I love, like you said, that he is listening to her. You know, he's just like, hey, you know, what's up? What are we doing? Why are we going off the path? And, you know, she's she's very vague with what she says. She just says, oh, we're just going west. We're going west. He's like, okay, I'll let everyone else know. You know, he's like, he's going to go jump on everyone else's car and let them know that you know, <laughs> now now we're going now we're going east. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I just I love it. Yeah. So they're, you know, obviously still fighting for her. So when this other group of cars come, you get a really good battle here between it's the great. war boys yeah. and this other this other group of spiky Volkswagen people. Yeah, it's one of the best. I mean, they're all the best, but like it's a great first starting one with all with this other group because it's it's some wild action and you're it's very so scared. You're very scared for Max the entire time because all of these cars have spikes on them. <laughs> so we were already worried that they could he could ram into a car. Now he's going to ram into a spike if he does. So it's great. Yeah, one of the war boys gets an arrow through the shoulder. And then another one through the head. And oh. he's fading until he sprays something silver into his mouth. Yeah. And then he's good to go. Yeah. he's Actually, he's better than good to go. He's great to go. He's got an arrow through his head, but he's He's good. got an arrow through his head, and he just he's like good. gets up, and he's like, okay, where's the closest guy I can jump on? Yeah. Oh, a spiky car? I'll jump on that. Yeah. And this is where he yells, witness me. And witness me 
I mean, what I've picked up is you're about to do something suicidal and you're going to go into Valhalla. Like you're doing something on the battlefield, but you're going to die. So everybody watch. Like everybody watch me do this thing and I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Valhalla thing. A nice touch to the movie. Um, yeah. You know, that belief is that if you die in battle, you go to Valhalla. So they, yeah. the war boys, they don't want to die because they're sick. Right. They're not going to yeah. get into Valhalla. So, of course, they're more than happy to go out into battle where they can die in battle and go to Valhalla. So I like that aspect for them. And I, I like it for them. And I like it for the idea that Immortan Joe came up with this to get these sick kids to fight. Right. To be like, well, if you just sit back, you're not going to go to Valhalla. But if yeah. you die on the battlefield, you'll go. And they're like, hey, great. That's what we do. Yeah. That's our lives. Hey, young war boys, gather around. Yeah. <laughs> I have a campfire story for you. Let me tell you, you about heard Valhalla. Of Valhalla? <laughs> it's lovely. It's a wonderful place. Yeah. You, there's drive water you there myself. everywhere. <laughs> you guys will love it. I'll drive you there myself. Here's how you get in. <laughs> Fight for me. Die for me. <laughs> die for me. Now, Amorton's Armada has just about caught up to Furiosa. Nux with Max on the front is closest to Furiosa. And Furiosa steers the war rig towards the biggest sandstorm you'll ever see in your life. Hell yeah. This looked incredible. Yeah. It like legitimately looked like a storm you would find on Jupiter. That's the closest oh, thing yeah. I could figure because this was not, yeah. this was just wild. And she's going right yeah. for it. Uh, the war boys have turned on her now. Once they see that a Morton Joe and the Armada have come, they're like, okay, we should be chasing uh, Furiosa as well. Yeah. Uh, and Nux is starting to attack. More completely banana car um, action sequences here. Yep. I think only George Miller with three previous movies like this under his belt would be able to pull this off. Yeah. This, this fighting from car to car, um, the way that he positions the camera, it's so often right at ground level, making you feel like you're right in the middle of the action. Yeah. It would be easy to have like a faraway shot. He does a couple of them, but when it's the action, it's in tight, it's in close. The stunts are real. You know, we mentioned not very many effects. It's man, it's incredible. It's incredible. And like every time I'm watching one of those scenes, I'm thinking back to that very first movie where he just like crashed his own van. And I'm like, yeah, this guy just like loves the crash. You know, he had he wanted so badly to put that in his first movie that he crashed his own van to get it into his movie. So, yeah, he he knows how to film it. He knows what he wants it to look like. He needs it in his movie and this entire movie. He's got the budget to just do whatever he wants. And the shots are absolutely incredible. The right angle you want to be looking at to see it. Everything looks great. Like you said, the, the up close stuff, it's just you can tell it's all real and you can tell they're on a car and you can tell they're driving. Like it's, it's just amazing stuff. It looks so good, man. Yeah. Everything is just like the choreography is so perfect with everything. Yeah. And choreography, yeah. he's slowing it down at the right time. He's speeding yeah. it up at the right time. Oh man. Just, it, it's a, it's a masterful piece of work here. Yeah. Like cars are just like exploding and flipping and flipping stuff perfectly. amongst yeah. other, amongst other cars, yeah. like flipping perfectly, but with other cars right around them. Like yeah. if that just like blows up the wrong way, it can fly into a different car, but it doesn't. Everyone else can drive around it and they keep going. It's just, 
it's um, it's amazing to watch this movie. It's absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, I mean you can definitely tell where that budget went to. Yeah, because uh, you're, you're not doing you're you're not getting this on the first take. You know you're <laughs> no you're you're blowing up a few cars. You're uh, yeah you're gonna yes. you're gonna make a few mistakes uh, until you can get that shot right. So yeah, but then man, they got it right for sure. It's great. Yeah. So they drive right into that sandstorm. The inside of it looks amazing. It looks like hell. Just yep. that's what it looks like. They uh, have wandered into very ominous. Nux's car ends up wrecking, and both him and Max go flying out of the car, and they're yeah. chained together. And I have no right. no idea how they survive this. This was yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this was this had death written all over it. Yeah, after it happens, I'm like, wait, doesn't Max make it to the end of this movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I remember him from later scenes. And Nux. Doesn't and Nux, Nux make yeah. it further? Yeah. Isn't like... Nux in other scenes as well? Yeah, yeah it looked like he um, might have got what, the worst of it. What I like in this storm that I just wanted to bring up is that there's like there's it's a lightning storm too, and whenever the lightning strikes, it goes to kind of like black and white. And so it's like been really colorful, and then when the lightning strikes, it's like quickly black and white, and then it goes back to the color. And I just thought that was a, a neat touch. There is like a black and white cutout there um, that George Miller wanted to put out of this movie. I haven't watched it yet because the colors in this movie are so amazing that I don't think I want to watch it in black and white. I think the colors add so much, but I did like this little black and white touch in here with the lightning striking. Yeah, I wanted to watch the black and white. Yeah. Um, you got me this on 4K. I watched it in 4K. Gorgeous. Uh, but that 4K didn't have the black and white. It's called uh, the Black and Chrome Edition is what it's called. Right. I have yeah. the 4K. I also have a four-disc uh, Blu-ray set of the um, Quadrilogy. I don't think it's on there either. I think you have to purchase it separately. So It's a separate purchase. I yeah. was fully expecting to be able to watch it. Didn't get to watch it. I don't know if I yeah. want to buy another Blu-ray just for that. But I, I heard know, yeah. that's the way to watch it. Really? Yeah, I heard that's the best okay. the, the, the the best way to watch it because yeah. what I heard was that the characters' performances pop even more because okay. you're yeah. you're more focused on that. Yeah, okay. I could understand that it would rule. Like I I, I could tell that it would be really awesome in black and white, but uh, I just love the colors so much that uh, I didn't want to take that away. But yeah, I I don't have the black and white. Same. I watched the yeah. Logan black and white cut. Yeah. Better than color. Yeah. I, I, I think black and white, black and white in HD, it, yeah. it looks really good. Yeah. So Max picks up Nux and walks them both over to the war rig, which wasn't even all that close. One of the things I liked about this scene, he had a nice hike carrying a guy yeah. to get there. Yeah. And when he gets there, he finds Furiosa with five beautiful women. And they see him and they say, we're not going back. Now, I thought this was a really good moment because nobody trusts anybody here. Like the women don't trust Max. Max doesn't trust the women, which is basically exactly what you'd assume, right? Like in this wasteland, you'd have to assume most people are bad because that's the narrative that we get from these movies is that people are trying to rob you. For resources, they're going to kill you. Nobody wants to help you. Nobody wants to be your friend. So it makes sense that right away, they're at odds. And, you know, they get into a fight. You know, Furiosa tackles Max. Max is able to get the upper hand. He steals their rig. Um, All normal stuff that you'd expect to find in this world. 
He yep. starts driving away. Furiosa has a kill switch on the rig and it just dies on Max. So she's able to catch up and cut a deal with him. Yeah. And so that's obviously a great way to work with somebody in this world is, you know, we've seen it before. It's like, what do you have to bargain with? What do you have to trade? So what she trades basically is um, like something so he can saw that face contraption off with. Yeah. You know, she she yeah. threw a few things out there like, hey, what if I give you this? And he's like, no. What if I give you this? Yeah. No. And she's like, do you want that thing off your face? And he's like, yes. So she's like, <laughs> he's okay. Like, Get in. <laughs> yeah. Here, I've got a tool for that. Yeah. So like, I liked how realistic that interaction was within the world. Yeah. I also like how like feral Max has been up to this point. Yeah. Like, this is not the normal Max Rokotansky we've seen before in these movies. This really reminded me of Feral Boy from yeah. the second movie. Like Definitely, if, yeah. if he had kind of grown up with some skills, like because Max is kind of grunting and he's kind of like he's kind of shifty. Doesn't seem like a normal guy. So, you know, later on he, he gets away from that a little bit, but I really like this take on his character of making him this way, making him a little bit sketchy. Cause you might be like that. You know, if, if everybody you encounter, you're worried about, you might yeah. take on these attributes where you might be defensive in that way. You might kind of be a little bit animalistic. Yeah, for sure. He's so, uh, Tom Hardy's doing this like really strange voice where it's like really deep and he's doing like really, he's talking really short and uh, yeah, he's very, he's very twitchy, like you said. And I think there's two great moments in this interaction um, and they both have to do with a gun misfiring because the gun, the shotgun that they have here doesn't work. And Max held it up to uh, Nux's arm earlier to just blow off his arm in order to at least be able to walk away. So he was just going to walk away with someone's arm, like someone's hand still <laughs> yeah, attached right. to that chain. And that's how he was going to continue on. But it <laughs> misfired. He couldn't blow off the hand. So then we know, we know he was willing to do that. Yeah. And then later, um, Furiosa gets the upper hand. She tackles him. She grabs the gun and she fires. She fires right at his head and it doesn't, it misfires. So we know that she means business there too. She's just going to kill him. There's no way that she's not going to continue on with her plan. She doesn't know who he is. He came up there and pulled a gun. She doesn't want to talk. She just wants to blow his head off, uh, but it misfired. So I love both those misfires to tell us really something about the characters. So after the deal, Max lets the women into the rig and they tell him they're going to the green place. Then they head to a tight canyon in the mountains. And Furiosa has made a deal to get this canyon closed by um, this group of bikers, this biker gang, blowing up the rocks to kind of close this narrow passage so that mm. nobody can follow. Yeah. She's gonna give she's gonna give them the payload that she has. Like this war rig is a semi with a giant tanker on the back. It's, yeah. it's full of gasoline. And she promised it to these bikers if they'll close that canyon. Because she doesn't want anybody following. She wants to go to the green place alone with the women and be happy. I love that in all of these Mad Max movies, there's some sort of rig that yeah. people are after. That's, that's a continuing yeah. narrative that I think is a lot of fun. Yeah. So I was glad they did it again. And she gets there with this payload 
to hand it off to this biker gang, but they see in the distance that Joe's armada is on its way. Right. Not only is it Joe, he's got an armada from Gastown, yeah. and he's got an armada from a place called the Bullet Farm, which <laughs> sounds Bullet very Farm. intriguing as well. Great. And Love each it. of those armadas has their own leader, which is yeah. really cool. So you've you've got yeah. like three supervillains heading towards the canyon, and the biker gang sees that, and they're like, whoa, hold on, something weird's going on. So yeah. they don't like it. They start attacking Furiosa, but they also blow the canyon because they don't want those guys getting here yeah. because they're going to get wiped out as well. So they do blow the canyon, um, and then Furiosa is like forced to just hop in the rig and peel off. Yeah. Another thing is this, like, that tells you about this world is this moment, is this interaction, and Furiosa, like, approaching it because she's telling Max, like, I cut a deal with them. I don't know if it's still good. You know, like, I don't actually know if this is going to work. This is just the best that I could do is to cut a deal for, for Guzzoline, and then hopefully they'll let us through, but it might not work. So I just, like, that That tells you right there, something could go wrong here, and they could just be like, nope, we're, no deal. How about we just kill you and take your gas? Um, so she, it, yeah, she's right on point here. They they see the, everyone coming, and uh, so they're, yeah, they're ready to attack. Yeah, and she said the deal was only for her to have passage. So she made True, everybody yeah. hide. She's like, if they yeah. see any of you, yeah, this deal won't go down. So then yeah. when they see hundreds of cars coming, they're like, whoa, <laughs> no red flag, yeah. deal canceled. Now, Amorton Joe has a monster truck in his armada, mm -hmm. and he's able to navigate over the rocks once this canyon has kind of been like blown up. Yeah. He has Nux with him and a few others and they pass through and they go after Furiosa. Yeah. And we just have to mention that Immortan Joe always has a car beside him that has an electric guitar player on it with fire coming out of his electric guitar. All this guy does is play the battle, the battle songs. And that, that, that um, car or that rig or whatever he's on also has a bunch of drummers in the back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drumming. And there's just like tons of speakers and he's just playing the battle songs. Like this is the kind of the idea of it going into battle on the field and like someone's playing the trumpet or yep. someone's, you know, playing something as you're like, you know, dun, 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 let's go into battle. And that's this guy. He's up there and he's not going to stop. He never stops. He just keeps going. Uh, I love this guy. It's a great addition. I think he's sleeping at one point. Isn't he sleeping? <laughs> Isn't he awesome. like, because he's like hanging from ropes, right? Because they, yeah, they have kind like of have him suspended, suspended yeah. in the air. Yeah. There's a scene. I don't remember. I don't remember what happened. Maybe I he think was you're right. I think sleeping. they're just sitting there, though. I think he's. I don't think he's dead, but I think he's like sleeping. Yeah. But he's just hanging from the wires asleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's great. There's also another part where he's playing the guitar and then he's fighting someone and the, <laughs> the guitar gets like hit away from him. And so he's fighting and then the guitar kind of comes back to him and he just grabs it and starts playing oh, yeah. again. He's in the middle of a fight, but That's he's like, job. this is my job. That's I play, job. I play the guitar. That's how he's going to get into Valhalla. <laughs> exactly. I play the guitar. Playing music and dying in battle. That right. that guitar shot fire for real. That was all. That's yes, all practical. Amazing. That's all. It plays music and it shoots fire. Great. The movie continues to be relentless with its action as oh, a Morton yeah. Joe is trying to take down the rig. But the war rig is able to pull away from the attack. And in the process, Joe's favorite bride falls off the rig and gets run over by Joe. 
shit. It was interesting that he did try to avoid running over her. And you'd think that, of course, he would try to avoid it. But it's interesting because a little bit earlier, um, he made a point of saying, I don't care about her. Like, I think I think Furiosa or somebody said, we have your favorite one on board. Leave us alone. And he's like, I don't care if she dies. Let her die. Doesn't matter to me. But then when she got when she fell off, he, he definitely tried to avoid her. Yeah, he said it to Nux um, because Nux said he was going to sneak on there. And he said, I can put a or he said he can like somehow immobilize her and bring her back. And he's like, just shoot her. OK, I think it was at that point. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So Nux has stowed away on the war rig because a Morton Joe saw Max driving the war rig. And yeah. Joe would now know this is all Nux's fault. Because Nux brought Max along initially for the blood, and if yeah. Ma- that's the reason Max is here, and Max has now yeah. like taken control of the situation in a way, so now Nux doesn't feel safe with Joe. He's joined Max and the women. Yeah, and one of the brides finds him, kind of hiding in the rig, and like has compassion for him. Yeah, which was cool. I thought. Yeah, and and this yeah, is very wh- cool. This is where he goes on about Valhalla and he says he already had three chances at an open gate, but missed all of the opportunities. Yeah. Which is really cool because like, yeah, that basically means he just about died three times and he knows it. But, but in his opinion, he missed it. It was like opportunity missed. So he has to keep trying. He has to go again. Um, He has to, continue on until maybe that fourth gate opens and he and he can go through it really really cool like he's nux seemed like a wild animal like this whole movie but in this moment you see that all he wants to do is have this honorable death so that he can go you know to the afterlife and that's it, it just matters so much more to him than this shitty life he's living in the world yeah, it's like in this moment, I'm like, oh, shit, he's just been this has been hammered into him. And this is all he lives for right now is just to, like, die in battle here. And I think, yeah, he said, witness me a couple times uh, ahead of this. So I think that was him, you know, pledging that he was just about to go die in battle and he didn't do it. He didn't die. Like, obviously, that huge explosion in the storm, he didn't die there. He probably wanted to die there. Um, yeah, so it's it's cool that he's now you know, he, he, he sees like someone being kind to him and he like kind of opens up to them and just, you know, just tells this, this bride that, yeah, I just wanted, I just, I was so close. I haven't been able to do it yet. I haven't been able to die in battle. I just want that. And now I'm on a Morton Joe's bad side. Um, yeah, it's, it's neat. It's a really neat moment. And this bride, um, is, uh, Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Neat. I can't remember her name. Fact. Yeah. 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 I I like that. It doesn't matter to Nux whose side he's on. All that matters is he dies in battle, it, like yeah, it, it honorably, right? Like fighting, for, yeah, fighting for, for a sure. cause. So yeah. if he's gonna go back to Joe and Joe's gonna kill him because he thinks this is Nux's fault, that's not the death he wants. So he joins no. up with the other crew, yeah, to fight a Morton Joe because then he can die in battle. Exactly. Yeah, it's cool. Really cool color change in the next scene because yes. it's nighttime. The one nighttime scene and everything is blue. 
Mm-hmm. This might be the one reason to watch in color. If they could make the black and chrome edition with yeah. one scene of blue, yeah, I think that would be perfect because this scene looks this is, so gorgeous. This is exactly what I was thinking about it is right here. I was like, oh, they did the blue and they've been doing the orange before. And Tim, you taught us about complementary colors. Yeah. I'm like, that's why the blue hits so hard here. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I love it. I love how this looks. Yeah, well, the rig gets stuck in some muddy terrain. Uh, and the ruler of the bullet farm is hot on their tail here. Uh, he ends up losing his eyes as Furiosa right. snipes his car. This is great. Hell yeah. Yeah. Max had been sniping, but he's not a great shot. And Fur- Furiosa's yeah. like, let me see that rifle. For it's a, great. She just goes and second. she just goes and crouches behind behind him, and he doesn't. She doesn't even say anything, and he just hands it over. He's like, ah, shit. But I love, dude. I love that she used him to steady the yeah. sniper rifle. Like she used yeah. it. She put it on his shoulder. She told him not to breathe, and she yeah. made this impossible shot. Awesome. Oh, so cool. And this is such a great scene for what they don't show us. Because the scene is Max going off into the night alone towards the car of the bullet farmer. He leaves, but the camera stays with the rig and the women for a conversation. Then Max comes back moments later, like movie time, dripping in blood with a new steering wheel and a bag of weapons. And a new boot for Nux. Oh, he's got a new boot. Perfect. Because he lost his next lost his boot. Like, that is so cool. I like yeah. it even more that they don't show us what he did there. They just send yeah. him off. He he like walks off into this blue smoke. Uh, and then just kind of like a few moments later comes back out of the smoke with all this gear that they need. And you know yeah. he murdered probably five people out there. And stole their shit and came back. And I love that they didn't show it to us. We just get to imagine what happened out in that blue mist. Yeah. And he like, he came back so bloody that I was like, oh man, he took it pretty hard. He got beat up pretty hard. And then you get a couple moments later of him washing off the blood. And I think one of the, someone says like, that's a lot of blood. And Furios is like, it's not his. Yeah. Someone, one of the women was worried for him. Yeah, and Furious is and like, she's like, it's, not, it's his. not his. Yeah, and then yeah. he ends up cleaning up with with breast milk. Right, that's, yeah, that, the wash right. station has breast milk in it. Yeah. He's like, what is this? Yeah, yeah it's breast milk. Yeah, uh, that'll do. Okay, that'll do. that's fine. all right. That'll wash blood off, right? It sure does. And I think this is the moment too, Tim, where I was like, this is such a good, uh, this is such a good build for the characters because he's going off and he tells them to like or furiosa says what if you don't come back by the time oh that yes. this is cooled down what if you don't come back by the time the rigs cooled down because it's overheated and yep. they're waiting for it to cool down and he says well then you go like if it's yep. ready to go, go you go me. and she was like they both are just looking at each other and she's shocked because like this all started by him kidnapping them basically and stealing their rig but like we have people in this world she realizes he's different he realizes they're different we have people in this world that are like no of course you get away now that i know who you are and i know what you're we're trying to do here if the if your rig's working you drive off yeah yeah love it totally great point yeah these little nuggets of them being good people right yeah exactly 
So they continue on through the swamp. Had a bit of trouble getting out of there, but they do. And they make it to a landmark that's familiar to Furiosa. So she gets out of the rig. She screams out her clan affiliation. And women on motorbikes come out. There's seven of them. And this is all that's left of her clan. Yeah. They tell her the green place is gone. It's now that swampy area they just got stuck in. And Furiosa is devastated. She falls to her knees and screams. And it's one of those primal screams that you only hear when something just, you know, awful has happened to somebody. It's one of the, yeah, it's one of those classic, like, we're going to paradise and you get there and it's not paradise, but it hits so hard in this movie. Uh, just like the way that they, again, just like the characters and the way they do it, they're expecting sort of like a many mothers. I think that's what it was called, like the, 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 um, the clan of many mothers or something like that. And so they were expecting so many people. So they're like, where is everyone else? Where, where are they? Oh, this is all that's left. Seven of us. Where's the green place. You drove through it. Your, your truck got stuck in it. It wasn't too green. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's so devastating to her. You, you literally drove through what you thought was paradise to get to this place. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it, it hits pretty hard. It's so much effort for nothing. Yeah, you know, basically exactly. everything we just watched her go through was for not, Yep. And she's had this image in her mind of her life as a child. And all she wants to do is live that again, right? This life she got torn away from, she got stolen from. But her flaw here is she doesn't account for time, right? Mm. And what time does to the world. She's holding on to a memory from 25 years earlier yeah. Right. That's that's a problem because things change. And this this is just in her mind, like the idealistic world that she can just go back to what she was taken away from with no yeah. change. But it's ridiculous to think that that would still be the case. So uh, really tough for her. And like, what do you do once you've realized something you've wanted with your entire heart and soul doesn't mm. even exist? Like, yeah, where do you exactly. go from there as a character? Yeah. Uh, Matt, just yeah, such totally. a letdown for her in this moment. It was, it was, I loved it. It was great just yeah. to have, because I, I also thought we were going to the green place. I, yeah. I was like, I can't wait to see like um, a beautiful green lush environment in the wasteland. Like she's got some secret, sure. secret place she knows about. This is going to be yeah. really fun to see. What does it look like? Oh no. Like the, this world, this wasteland took that green, your green, beautiful place and destroyed it, poisoned it. Um, it's all gone. Nothing can, yeah. nothing can live in this wasteland. Yeah. And even just like the way that she says how long it's been since she's been there, you just know that she's been thinking about this for so long. She says, I haven't been back in 7,000 days except for the ones I don't remember, right. you know, like, except for like the days I forget. So like, she's been counting every day that she can, uh, how, like how long she's been away from home, 7,000 days. Yeah. It's like 25 years. Right. So it's just, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's like heartbreaking. Like I get it. You know, we're a nostalgia yeah. podcast. Like we, we love reaching out to the past and, and connecting with these memories we have. Uh, and that's what she's doing. She's connected 
she's connected with this memory, but it's it's also far different for her because she got stolen as a child, right? For so sure, yeah. her life has been shit, um, except for the green place that she remembers. She has like these yeah. early, early kind of like primal memories of being cared for and being loved. And that's what she wants to get back to. So of course she would try to do it. Um, and that, that enthusiasm to get back to that moment would, would cloud your judgment and, and it would cloud you from thinking like, you know what, that probably doesn't exist anymore. What are the chances that these, these mothers are still alive out there with all the shit that's going on? So yeah, it's clouded her vision of like what she's doing. So She's a great character. She's very powerful, but her flaw is she's blinded by her past and her her want for this life that she once had, but that she you can't have again. Yeah, she's so cautious. She's so cautious throughout the rest of the movie and so like mistrusting in every situation, you know, just like she's very she she's she's very ready for everything but this she doesn't second guess you know she, this is the thing that she doesn't bring that caution to and she doesn't bring that level of uh yeah that level of maybe um like disappointment you know like oh this might not go the way i'm thinking she doesn't bring that to the green place she doesn't bring that to this her home and yeah so like that's that's where she's falling here is not bringing the rest of her characteristics to this one thing yeah so she comes up with a new plan which is a completely shitty plan, which <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked because like she has to be what in you... shock in this moment, right? Yeah, all, what do you do? All she's thinking about is like saving everybody and not thinking rationally about how to do it. It's just what's the next move we can do to stay alive? And she comes up she comes up with let's get on these motorbikes, let's load it up with as much fuel as we have. And let's try to make it across this salt sand. And she says they could go for 160 days with the fuel they have. And hopefully that will get them past and to the other side. Mm, yeah. So that plan sucks. Nobody wants to ride through the salt sands for 160 days or less. But also she has no idea what's even on the other side. Yeah. The other side of it could be shittier than where you're at right now. It's just, it's a blind yeah. plan. Um, so, I, but I liked it. I liked that she's just like, we have to keep going. So I like, I like that it's so many days. Like, I feel like what we just watched up to this point is one day. Yeah, one, I'd say and one day. Yeah. One day. And it was it's hell. So much. It hell. It's hell. <laughs> We've gone through so much. And she's like, okay, we can get on these bikes. They were in a rig. She's like, we can all get on these bikes and drive for 160 days and see where we end up. No, thanks. No thanks. Yeah. Well, she invites Max, and he's he says no thanks. <laughs> he's like, no, I yeah. Cool. I'll find my own. Cool way. <laughs> plan, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the greatest. So doesn't sound great. They set out without him, but Max, who's been having visions of his daughter throughout this movie, has another one here, of her walking out towards the bikes, and we can sort of see the bikes driving off. And the daughter walks out and she's like, come on, let's go. So um, I liked this, you know, very much. Um, I think I, the shots of the daughter earlier were really fast and choppy and mm -hmm. we saw them and I couldn't really understand what we were seeing or, or what the purpose was. But I think this is where they kind of flesh it out. 
And it's, I believe that the daughter is sort of like his reminder uh, of, of his morality. Um, keeping her with him allows him to stay on the path um, you know, of the righteous, if you will. Yeah. Like yeah. staying, he, he's remembering who he is through her. So every time she flashes up, he remembers who he was. He had a wife, he had a daughter, uh, this wasteland. It's not who he is. His daughter is who he is. Yeah. So when she, when she flashes here and says, let's go, I think he realizes that these women are, are on their way to their death. If they continue out into the salt sands, they're going to die. And he said, I'm not going with you because he yeah. knew it was a bad idea. He knew they were going to die. And I think his daughter flashing here allows him to realize, look, I'm better than that. I need to help them. And he decides to take the bike and go and stop them. Yeah, totally. I think you're totally right. It's like, like you said earlier, he's feral right now. Like he's, he's he's part of this world. He's part of this wasteland. And I think the flashes, like you said, remind him of a time when he wasn't like that, a time when he had a family, a time when he had, you know, a wife and a child. And we know that because of the kind of first movie that when that happened, the world wasn't this wasteland. The world was, you know, it was, it was different, but it wasn't this wasteland yet. And he had a family then. So I like this. I think it is. I think it's the connection back to who he used to be. And then he can make, you know, sort of this choice to go out there and help these women. Yeah, I think I think she flashes up in like the moments when he needs it. Uh, yeah. I'd have to go back and watch it again. But I think like in the moments where he needs to stay um, kind of civilized and, and not yeah. lose himself to the world, uh, she yeah. flashes into his mind. Yeah, that makes sense. So Max gets on his bike. He catches up to them. And he tells them after 160 days, they'll still only find salt, which I thought was so fucking cool. He's Great. like, you, you guys are on a death mission. He suggests that they go back to the Citadel, uh, a Morton Joe's Citadel, where there is green. Mm-hmm. Max tells Furiosa if they go back, they might be able to find some sort of redemption which is what Furiosa told him earlier that she was doing all of this for was for redemption. Great. So dude, at this point, this movie has me so pumped up for their plan to go back. Love it. They've been going for an hour and a half (laughs) in the other direction of the Citadel to escape it. And now they're saying, let's go back. Let's drive right to it. Holy shit. I'm so in. I'm so excited. I'm on the edge of my seat. For sure. They just lost. Like, like they just lost the group that was following them. Like, they've been following them for so long. They've been on their tail. We've been having these car chases for hour, hour and a half. They just lost them where they're like, okay, there was like all this fog. <laughs> they probably don't know where we went. We're good. And now, and now Max is like, let's go head on back into them. Head on. Let's go exactly the way yeah. we came back. Exactly the way they're coming at us. That's how we get back. I love the, we have to go back trope. Yeah. I love it. It's great. We just yeah. escaped it and we have to go back. We have to go back. We have to yeah. save someone or we have to do yeah. something. 
but we yeah. have to go back Same. into the like the Same. mouth of madness. I love it. Yeah. It's so defeating for everyone who's just like, we just did so much to get <laughs> yeah. here. And lost so much, right? And lost so much along the way to get here. We have to go back. Yeah. We can't go back, but we have to. We have to. It's great. It's great that there's no other choice for these characters. After everything they've just done, there's no other choice than to go back and hopefully take over the Citadel. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. It's awesome. Great. It's lots of water there. Yeah. Hey, movie directors and writers, take note. This is how you you write a movie. That's how you do it. So they get back in the rig and head on their way to the Citadel. They pass a Morton Joe and his men who are just kind of like camped on a hill. Just kind of like thinking, you know, I guess they got away. And then they see, (laughs) they see the rig like coming back through the Canyon and making the way back to the Citadel. Great moment. Great moment yeah. as Joe sees it. He's just like, what? What are they doing? And then he realizes, like, oh, they're making a play on the Citadel. Yeah. Amazing. He's like, there's no one there to protect it. Yeah, yeah. So the chase starts up again, and Joe catches up really quick. And really, really cool part here where the rig's trying to outrun the war boys, and the war boys are trying to catch up. So... The the people are blowing gasoline right into the engine. They're sucking it yeah. out of a canister and spitting it into the engine to try to yes. make it go faster. One of my favorite parts about this is that the war boy who starts it, he's got like a squeeze bottle. So he's just squeezing it in. But then Nux starts to suck it out of a canister, like to siphon it out of a canister. And then he's spitting it in. And then the other war boy starts putting it in his mouth and spitting it in. <laughs> Which just works better. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll one up you. <laughs> I don't He's like, you can just keep spraying it in. You don't have to put it in your mouth. Yeah, I think Nux swallowed a bit too much, though, because he had to tap out. Oh, he out. did. He had to he did. tap he had out. To tap Max out. had to jump in and start doing it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, uh, that, that was super fun. I, lo- I loved that um, aspect of it. But... The war rig's engine overheats because of this. And Joe's men start harpooning the rig to slow it down. Mm. Really, really wild, cool scene as these cars are actually harpooning this tanker and yeah. laying on the brakes to slow it down. This looked awesome. Yeah. So good. We, and like laying on the brakes mean they like drop something behind their car true. to like drag along the ground. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, we also see here there's guys on giant poles oh, on yes. a Morton Joe's cars. The pole guys. This is just genius. Like This is the best. This is what works so great about this movie is everything is so well thought out. Yeah. Like if you needed a way to get from one car onto another car, this is the way you would do it. It's a giant yeah. pole that you can climb up on and then you can use it to kind of like float down onto another car if you need yeah. to, instead of trying to jump onto it, you've just got this pole that will kind of like fall over and you can go to the next car and they're just, and it kind of rocks, it kind of rocks like a pendulum. So yeah. it's like, you could even just 
fold over, grab somebody, and, and then head back rock up. you yeah. back to your car. Yeah. Yeah. So we see these guys like swinging from car to car. It looked yeah. awesome. Like, what a cool so good. idea. Yeah. I, I, like, I want and one. we're so far into the we're so far into the movie of it like blowing my mind already. And then like I think this is like the best thing. This is right. so good. Absolutely awesome. They waited till the end to show yeah. us this part when I thought I'd seen it all already. Uh, unbelievable. It's so neat. Yeah. It's so neat. So Max takes an arrow through the hand and Ooh. into the head. Slightly into his head. So his hand is like close to his head. <laughs> <laughs> with an arrow through it and stuck in his head. Yeah. He can't pull his hand out. No. Because the arrow is stuck in his head and his hand. In, through his hand, in his head. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, he is okay, but the rig starts getting overrun here. Uh, many of the old women are being killed. Furiosa takes a blade in the back. Uh, mm. Things are not looking good, Dean. Yeah. Max is being attacked. He's like forced out the side of the rig. He's barely hanging on. Nux is able to fix their engine so they can pull away again, pick up the speed and pull away. They close in on the canyon, but Joe gets in front and blocks the way. So Furiosa gets out of the rig and goes after Joe on his car. She grabs one of the pipes on his mask and throws it into the wheel, which rips the mask off and rips his face off. Rips his face off. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> rips his face off. This was awesome. It, it was very fast and yeah. very shocking. Yeah. You're kind of like, wait, what? Did his face just get ripped off? Is yeah. That... You're like, is he's still alive, right? Like, he's still going to oh, come back. I thought for he's, sure. He's, yeah. Well, that's the best part about this is that they don't yeah. bring him back. They don't, he's done. They don't After do his face rips off, it's over. They don't do this yeah. stupid bullshit of like, he's not dead. He's going to come back yeah. with no face and like terrorize yeah. you one more time. No, his face got ripped off. He's a his goner. Face is ripped off. He's dead. In half. Your face can't get ripped off. It can't happen. You can't survive no. it. He's gone. No. Thank you, movie, for being like so realistic. It's another reason why this movie is so great. Mm -hmm. So they're coming up on this canyon pass. And I think they need to blow it. Like they're trying to maybe blow it. I don't know if they actually do blow it though. Right. I, I don't think we actually see it getting blown. It yeah, might get remember. blown, but yeah. like Nux, Nux takes control of the rig yeah. as the women get away on uh, a Morton Joe's car. Yeah. And great moment here because you can tell that Nux has found his chance to go through the gates of Valhalla. He like he yeah. realizes it. He realizes almost like a light opened up for him. And he's like, this is it. This is my chance. And he rolls the rig kind of right where yeah. you'd want it to blow up to maybe collapse all the rocks. Yeah. But I don't think we see anything blow up or, or I don't think we see the rocks fall down, but... Maybe it's no, just he implied. just rolls the truck there. Maybe it's implied yeah. that it happens and they just didn't show us it. Yeah. But Yeah. Uh, Furiosa is in rough shape, though. Uh, looks like she's going to be a goner. She's lost a lot of blood. So Max has the idea to set up that IV that was used on him to get blood back into her. Mm -hmm. Then we see them arrive at the Citadel in a Morton Joe's car. Max gets out and shows... The people, the dead body of a Morton Joe, 
and they love it. <laughs> People love they it. Have they have never it. been more excited. No. <laughs> they were pumped. Yeah. We see that Furiosa is okay. And Furiosa and the girls are allowed to go up into the Citadel. Water is released down onto the people. Hell yeah. Max starts making his way through the people on the ground. As Furiosa is being lifted into the tower, she looks over, she sees him, she gives him a nod, and he disappears into the crowd. Very cool. Yeah. Max is just, he's not about, you know, living in the Citadel, controlling people, being a leader, being a ruler. He just wants to be, you know, a drifter. He wants to disappear in the people. He wants to be on his own. He doesn't want to be a part of this. Again, it just shows you that this was a sacrifice that he made just to get them back to where he knew they wanted to be. You know, it's not like he was like, I will live here too because this place is great. This was all for them. And that's, that's awesome. It wasn't about him at all. It's just a selfless act. Yeah. 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 Then we get closing text on the screen that reads, where must we go? We who wander this wasteland in search of our better selves. And the end. Great movie. Weird thing. This is my second time watching the movie. The first time, I didn't like it all that much. Oh, interesting. Okay. So on this rewatch, I was expecting kind of what I remembered. And that was not the case. This movie absolutely blew me away this time. Yeah, it rules. There, There was something wrong with Tim who watched this the first time, who didn't enjoy yeah, it as much. I thought it was having fine. a bad day. Yeah. Totally, totally. Having a bad day or just not in the right mindset yeah. for it or something. Yeah. The hype, yeah. I think it was really hyped up as well. Yeah. Uh, but man, when I watched it this time, I was like, oh, I get it. I get it yeah. now. This is awesome. It's like, yeah. it's a, it's an incredible piece of work. So, yeah, I'm, for sure. It, took, it, it actually took me it took me a little while to come around to it, too. And that's just because the first time I saw it, like I said, in the drive in theater. So you don't yeah. really get a good a good feeling of what it looks like. The second time I watched it, I was at a friend's house and I was just like really exhausted and I fell asleep like immediately. And so it just like took me a while to come around. And one day I, I saw it just like on sale and I was like, oh, you know what? I got to I think I need to buy that because I think I will like it. I think I will really like it. I just never sat down to watch it. So I bought it, went home, watched it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is like one of my favorite movies. Absolutely love it. What a great what a great action movie. What a great just movie overall, yeah. not even just action movie. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we did it. Yeah, me too. Uh, looking forward to next year. Yes, Hopefully me too. Oh, out. man. Hopefully it comes out in time. It's supposed to come out in May, so it should line up. And we can see what Furiosa needs redemption for. Yeah. Right? It's supposed to be her story when she's younger. Yeah. Right. Cool. She probably did some bad stuff, maybe. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Right on. All right. Everybody listening, if you'd like to help support us further, there's a few ways you can do that. Tell your friends about Talking Back. Let them know about an episode you like. Send them an episode on their phone. You could uh, leave us a review and a rating on your favorite podcast app. You can leave a one-time donation at buymeacoffee.com. Or you can sign up to be a patron 
at patreon.com slash talking back podcast for two bucks, two measly dollars a month. You can get our monthly wrap up, which is probably my favorite episode that we do. There's so much fun. And for five bucks, you can get all of our content that's over there. Wrap up episodes, all the other stuff we've done. There's movie reviews, there's show, TV show reviews. Well, we're walking through the James Bond franchise over there. Tons of stuff. If you go over there for five bucks, you unlock everything. And now that this episode's over, please head on over to bfopnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something you like or Dean will swallow gasoline. I'll do it. I would do it. If they don't, if they find something they don't like, you have to do it, Dean. I'll do it. I'll do, I'm telling you right now, I'll do it. I'll tell you what, so far... Gas a, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say I'll drink a glass of guzzling, but I said I'll drink a gas. I'll drink a and gas. So let's just leave it at that. I'll drink a gas. That's fine. So far, there yeah. have been no complaints. Nobody has reached out and said, yeah. I went to BFOPnetwork.com and found something I didn't like. So, Dean, you haven't Thank had to do goodness. anything... No. I think if people head there, they find stuff they like, obviously, because there's great podcasts over there. Yes. So check it out. Okay? Yes. Dean, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.